you ever watch couples therapy on television? Today we're talking about the importance of couples therapy, why it's so fascinating to watch on television, and how you can apply some of these things in your own life or when you should be looking at kind of making a difference in your relationship. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free resources and our online relationship course, The Relationship Maze. And you can also take our free conflict style quiz where you can discover your argument style and what you can do about it in your relationships. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're using the topic of couples therapy, that really popular television show. Yeah, it's a program for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, it's a program um, that is set in New York City where a very, very experienced couples therapist and psychoanalytical therapist, um, Dr. Orna Guralnik, sees a number of couples and we and the sessions are actually filmed. So we see her work in session and in action working with couples. It's a wonderful program. She is really quite amazing. For those of you who haven't seen it, she works in a very particular way as a couples therapist. Um, and with the approach that she has, she's very interested in looking at how the past influences the present. So what's alive still from the past in the couple relationships? Yeah, and I think it's actually become so popular, it's now being made in other countries as well. Mm. So you may see, you know, I think in, is it New Zealand or Australia? Yeah, yeah. So you might be familiar with it more from whoever hosts it in Australia. Yeah. But I think that's the interesting thing is, you know, I wonder when it was first made, if they realised it would be this global success or whether mm. they thought it would be one of these interesting shows. But, yeah, yeah, because it seems more niche, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it seems more niche. It seems more like the sort of programme that might be watched by a handful of people. But um, what really surprised me recently is that there are a lot of uh, younger people, like in their 20s, really, or even younger, showing an interest in this program and finding it really fascinating and, and being really interested in relationships. That really somehow surprised me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, um, as a psychotherapist, mm -hmm. what do you think are some of the reasons that there might be that interest, you know, mm -hmm. from younger people, into, well, from everybody, mm -hmm. into watching couples therapy? Well, I mean, we know that there's been a shift over the years. There's been a lot more interest in personal development, in understanding yourself. So a lot of younger people, um, you know, are really very interested in their psyche, so to speak, and how they function, how they feel, how they behave and why they behave or think in a, or feel in a particular way. So I think that's not new, of course. Um, we're seeing more and more uh, younger people in therapy, even teenagers, of course, you know, for all sorts of reasons. Obviously, also because there's a big issue in society around anxiety, depression at the moment. Um, and I think running concurrently with that, well, if I'm more interested in myself, then I'm also interested more in myself in relationship with others. So I think that's why, in a way, it's a natural sort of follow-on, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that certainly is really important. I wonder as well, because also as, as social media has become more and more popular and sort of reality television and also, you know, mediums like TikTok, mm. uh, you know, there's that used to, you know, there's more focus on actually watching people. Mm -hmm. A lot of that, you know, a lot of these shows sort of, you know, made in Chelsea or whatever, they're semi-scripted, but... 
a lot of people they appear to be as if they're spontaneous. But mm. again, when this is something happening, happening, what seems to be or what you perceive to be kind of in real time. It's more about watching these relationships, isn't it? So I suppose mm. that also that gradually we've been fed this sort of different way, different sort of medium to watch, a different genre to watch, mm. where there becomes more of that interest in, in interaction. Yes, that's for sure. And of course, there's something kind of oddly uh, mesmerizing, not just oddly, but there's something mesmerizing about seeing couples in their struggles, seeing what they are, you know, what they are challenged by, what they are really finding quite difficult, that you then as a viewer can relate to, your, you know, you can relate back to yourself, you can relate it back to your own relationship. So there's something quite of satisfying maybe also in the sense of watching others struggle and, and thinking, well, that's just not us then, that's not just me here. Yeah, and I think sometimes the more dramatic the struggle, the more yeah. it becomes watchable as well. I of mean, course. I certainly know, you know, from the past when you know, I've been involved in sort of what production were productions with the BBC that there mm. is, you know, they mm. want that sort of tension, they want that sort of disagreement, they want that sort of, of you know, conflict. So I think, you know, if, if there wasn't that sort of tension in mm. the show as well, mm. like from time to time, not the whole way through, yeah. that you wouldn't watch it. Of course. I mean, you know, it's very carefully edited, no doubt. And uh, I imagine that uh, what is being shown are the sort of, well, the highlights in the sense of that there is a great intervention by Dr. Goralnik that makes you think she has this amazing insight that kind of really shows the couple uh, a different perspective or a different way of thinking about why they are having these difficulties. Or, of course, what they're also showing a lot on the program are couples acting out in the session, getting into arguments, getting angry, getting aggressive with each other, that sort of thing. So there's a high emotional tension very often on the show. So what they're not showing is uh, the moments in couples therapy which might be a little bit karma, which might also be a little bit more stuck, where not so much happens, where the couple kind of goes over again and again over the sort of difficulties that they're struggling with. Yeah, I think as well, one thing that I think is important to think about is, you know, it's all very well watching this, but how much actually people guess and actually apply in their own lives. So sometimes I wonder, is it, is it easier to actually watch those couples in struggles? And like mm. you said, it might think, well, you know, these people are also having struggles. Mm. Sometimes I think there's also that bit of like, well, you know, we might have some issues, but at least we haven't got things as bad as them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it kind of like makes you try and minimize those things. Yeah. Again, not realizing that, of course, on television, you're going to see the things that are more challenging. Mm -hmm. So, you know, comparing yourself to somebody on television probably isn't a good measure in the first place. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's, that's the key thing is, you know, in the past, this sort of show it actually might have been more of a kind of training video. Mm -hmm. The sort of thing you might see yep. when you're training, saying, yeah, this is how somebody might work with mm -hmm. couples. Mm -hmm. But it's not something you'd like play to your client. So a client comes in and say, OK, let's watch this episode of couples therapy and you know, see what you learn about how to improve your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much, you know, how much is observation with maybe a good intention for thinking, you know, I want to know more about myself. I want to know more about improving relationships. But how much is applied and, and actually how easy it is to apply this? Because mm. 
everyone is individual and mm. unique, and I think that relationship brings two mm. unique people together in a unique dynamic. Mm. So I think maybe one of the challenges is we see something being applied and sometimes think, well, maybe this will fit to us, and sometimes mm. maybe it does. Mm -hmm. But again, I suppose there's also that risk of, you know, thinking, well, I've watched a lot of episodes of couples therapy, so I think I'm pretty much an expert in our problems. <laughs> so it's like, you know, why, why aren't you following this advice that we saw mm. the other day in couples therapy? Why are you still kind of bringing up this? Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because, of course, yeah, there are, they are general principles, I suppose, that could be applied that you can take away from the programme. You can think about, aha, this is maybe how we could address particular uh, difficulties that we always run into. Um, and of course, um, Dr. Guanik does this incredibly skillfully, so almost unnoticeably, you know, does she kind of bring in really quite complex topics that um, really stop the couple in their tracks and make them think. So there are some general principles that you might take away from this program about how you interact. It might get you to think about your own past, for example, what am I bringing into my relationship from my past? What have I learned, for example, when I was growing up, what did I learn about conflict from my parents and what therefore still plays out in pretty much the same way in my relationship now? Um, so you might learn these general principles, but, but kind of learning about it abstractly is very different from actually putting it into practice because um, it's very different when you are actually, when you're the couple in the room, in the therapy room with your partner, you get activated, you get really frustrated with this person in front of you who you love and who you want to love you. And you think, well, why can they not understand that I'm really struggling with this? Why are they doing this to me again and again? Why are they hurting me in this way? So you get triggered, um, you know, when you're in the session. It's, it's a very different. It's very different from being the outsider watching it. Uh, you know, not being in the room in this moment with your own experiences. Yeah, and and hopefully in the room is is that experience of one person who loves the other person mm. and the other person who loves them. But I think mm. you know one of the challenges as well. I think with. A lot of people when it comes to couples therapy is it's almost too late yeah. because, you know, I, th I think often the mentality is, you know, mm. like, actually, we don't need therapy. Mm -hmm. yeah, they might, we might have our problems. Sure. We don't need help. We don't need to kind of improve these things now. But then when things build up and they get to a head and actually sometimes they get to a point where they're, they're actually so bad that it's too late almost, or it's, or it's more of a challenge. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's one of the things as well is that, you know, sometimes we see something like couples therapy, and I think the show as well has also legitimised that it's okay to have couples therapy, which mm -hmm. I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. Again, with, you know, seeing more shows about therapy shows that, you know, a lot of people who seem just like us of therapy. It's not somebody who's just, mm. you know, kind of really having extreme mental, uh, mental health crisis, no. which in the past, I think a lot mm. of people would see that. So I think, mm. you know, a lot of these shows are grace as well at doing mm. that. Mm. Yeah. But I think also it's seeing it as not just a remedial thing, but as something that people can pursue to actually understand more about themselves and their partner before mm. there's problems. And maybe that's something we don't see on, on that show so much. I mean, mm. I, I don't, mm. you know, I haven't really watched much of a show. You've, I think you've seen yeah, most yeah. of it, if not all of it. But yeah. it's sort of, um, yeah. but, but, you know, I think a lot of the time we see it as something remedial. 
But, you know, one of the key things, and that's why, you know, when we put together our course, The Relationship Maze, was very much at, you know, as well, when you start a new relationship, or even before you go into a relationship, it's learning that insight into yourself about how you think, how you feel, what you carry with you from the past, Mm -hmm. and how you can understand your partner more fully, you know, early on, Mm -hmm. how you deal with conflicts. Because, you know, I think, again, it's building that foundation. If you build a strong foundation, then you're able to deal with problems as they come up more easily. It's not going to kind of knock the house over. But I think, you know, I think the problem is, you know, we go into things and and as well, it's, it's, it, it seems so natural that when you meet somebody and you fall in love and you're through, looking through these rose-coloured lenses, it's like you think, well, no, we're never going to have problems. You know, we're, we're kind of so suited mm. that, you know, our brain blindsides us to the fact that actually we all have differences. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, we need to address these early on. In a, in a way that works for both of us rather than wait too late when, you know, that, that's, that can be problematic. Mm. Yeah, there's several points um, that you brought up that I want to come back to. Sort of the first one is about um, this question of, uh, you know, is it too late? Is it too late for some couples to come into couples therapy? I mean, I would argue it's never too late. Um, you know, some difficulties might be more entrenched, that's for sure. And... You know, some of the wounding might be greater if it's carried on for a long period of time, and the couple has really gone through the uh, through the trenches in their in their conflict. Then yes, that's true. But I think it's less about um, the when do you enter couples therapy, and more the question of how open are you to looking at yourself and looking at you know what you bring into the relationship that's really unhelpful and how you maintain these difficulties, these struggles in the couple relationship. So arguably it's more about your own attitude as one partner in the relationship. Do you really want to change things? Do you really want to look at yourself? Um, And yes, I mean, you know, when you do look at yourself, then, um, you know, the earlier you do it, of course, the better, because you might say, you might save uh, yourself a lot of difficulties and, uh, and, struggles in the, in the future, if you can manage your own insecurities and difficulties more effectively, then of course that affects the couple system as a whole and you're likely to have less of these struggles in the system. So having said that, yes, it's not, never quite too late, but the earlier the better in the sense of that there is less, maybe less kind of uh, work to be done around getting these obstacles um, out of the way first and then to focus on, you know, how can we create a future relationship now that looks quite different? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think most of the time it's Mm. not too late. Mm. But there are times when you have a couple that does come Mm. to therapy where, you know, and and some people talk about almost threshold mm. experiences that you know, we may have certain values or certain kind of um, certain beliefs or certain aspects in our life that if the other person crosses this threshold, mm-hmm. whatever that happens to be, then mm-hmm. it's very difficult to come back. So there are, I think there yeah. are occasions when it's difficult to get back and somebody may turn up where one partner is very clear, no, this is never going to work. Whereas the other partner is wanting to do anything they can to solve this. And, you know, those, whether or not you can save those, maybe it's possible sometimes. But, you know, there's times when, you know, Mm. it may be a question of in couples therapy, helping an ending as opposed to kind of helping to 
draw together, which of course with any ending as well brings grief and loss for one or both partners, often both, but you know, mm. sometimes one more than the other. Mm. Um, so mm. you know, I think there are cases where you know, certainly we see that, that it seems to be very challenging to kind of work through things. But I think probably those are less frequent than, than more. Because most people, you know, again, the fact that both people are coming to therapy mm. is, is a great sign. Mm. Absolutely. But you'll see that, you know, some... Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, we, no, I've no. all experienced times where, you know, one person almost seems to be dragged along. Um, you're absolutely right that I think one of the uh, most important questions that I usually ask in, in, in either the first or the second session is how uh, the couple or how the clients experience their commitment to each other. And you're also right in saying that um, when one partner is not committed to the relationship anymore... We're in deep trouble usually, that's my experience. Because when, when a partner has already made the decision that they want to exit the relationship, they are not open anymore. So it comes back to the point that I made earlier on, there is no openness, there's already resignation, and there's hopelessness very often, a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. This, this sense of like, we, we've tried everything here, we're not moving forward. So yes, uh, you're right that um, if one partner has already very clearly made that decision, I'm pretty much out here, or let's say they have made this decision 90% of the time because they have shown up to couples therapy, so there might be a part of them that's still hopeful, then it's a lot harder the work, and very often it might not work. It might not work, and it might be that um, couples therapy then does not save, in inverted comma, the couple or the relationship, and then the work might be more about how we're moving forward here, how we're moving forward in our separation And most importantly, if this couple has children, how do we uh, still uh, work as parents together? Not as a couple, but as parents. So that then becomes a very big question in the process as well. Yeah, which can ultimately be incredibly challenging. Yes. Because, again, you know, without how do you be parents together, when both people start to lead different lives, there's so many other factors that come involved with that. Yeah. Um, but I think as, as well, one of the key things as well is is looking inside ourselves. So the challenge, mm. I, I, when I experience, is very mm. much when, when one person is blaming the other. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just sort of seeing that it's their fault, they're mm. in the wrong. Mm. Um, and you know, not being able to see that actually this is a system. And mm. in the system, both parties, you know, they act. Both mm. parties have a reaction. Both parties respond. Mm -hmm. So even when one person keeps saying something or does something, and, you know, and it's not to say that sometimes what someone brings from their past isn't more problematic, mm. but it's a sense of if we only see the problem as the other person's, then I think it's very difficult to make progress. It's about, mm. you know, realizing that, you know, both people have a role in this relationship. Absolutely. And also, I think realizing that ultimately, you, you can only ever try to approximate your partner's experience. I will never know entirely what you experience, what you feel, you know, what goes on in your head. I can kind of approximate that because you tell me. Um, but there's always, there's always a bit of a, there's a gulf here that needs to be crossed. There's a bridge that needs to be crossed here to reach your partner, to understand what's going on in your partner's mind to really try to, you know, step into their shoes. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you always agree with your partner's perspective, but you can try to at least understand it through their, 
through their eyes, through their lens, basically. That's the best you can ever do. You will never entirely feel or think the same way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but actually, what that kind of brought to my mind was, let's take an example where, you know, say, for example, a couple comes to work with you mm -hmm. and, you know, one partner has carried with them from their past experience sort of a lot of anger, a lot of mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. sort of emotions that haven't been looked mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems that maybe one partner is very quick to temper, quick to shout, mm -hmm. whereas the other partner, you know, maybe doesn't seem to play such a big role in that. How, how do you actually address this without seeming to focus on the one person with a problematic behaviour mm. does, at least at first, seem to be lying? Well, there are kind of two questions here. Um, one is, yes, you, you focus, you can focus on doing some of the work with the, the you know, the tempered, the highly tempered partner and enable them to to regulate, well, first of all, to understand why they get, because there's a reason why somebody gets angry, they get activated, they feel threatened, they don't feel safe in the relationship anymore, so they act out in, in that way. So it's enabling them to understand why they're having these feelings, what, you know, what is it that their partner is triggering in them to have this response. And then also, of course, highlighting how this, uh, this uh, very strong emo expression of emotion impacts the couple system as a whole because that might also mean that the other partner then doesn't feel safe anymore and withdraws which might make the angry partner even more abandoned in the relationship so it's exploring that but another interesting aspect if we particularly if we think about um, couples as a system is to think well this is very in I always find that very interesting when there's one partner who carries all the anger because some of the time I might be interested in well, whose anger is this actually? Is this always the one, you know, is it always the, the guy, for example, who's, you know, expressing all the rage here? Or is some of this actually coming from the other side, the partner's side, who can't express and makes the other one express? It's a process of what we call projective identification. is when you express uh, difficult feelings on behalf of someone else that are not actually your own. So it sounds a bit complicated, this whole thing, but that, you know, it's about looking at the dynamics here that find expression in the couple system. Mm. Yeah, no, I and mean, that's really fascinating, you know, mm. so that sort of where we may start to experience an emotion that this is is almost, well, is actually owned by the other person, mm. but there's that, you know, defence in terms of not being able to show that. So, mm. so through the behaviours unconsciously and through the communication, it's sort of led to sort of seep within the other person and then become expressed through mm -hmm. that, which, which, yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose though as well that, you know, there, it's, it's seen, I suppose the question is, how much is this an experience? How much is this an emotional way of reacting that this person has carried from their past absolutely. and other relationships in other times? So if this is a pattern in that mm. person's life, then, mm. then it's, I, I imagine it's less likely to be a projective identification, although yeah. possible, this yeah. is more likely to be you know, something that's carried with them, that mm. learned way of responding in relationships. And, and then, for me as well, I suppose that's the importance as well of um, you know, also maybe having individual therapy. Yeah, so I suppose, you know, if there's too much focus on one person, then there's that danger where it's going to seem one person's being favourited, one person is being kind of prioritised. And, mm. yeah, so I suppose that that's mm. where sometimes yeah, yeah. You know, there may be that point where, you know, some things maybe can't be looked at in, in the way that they need to be just in couples therapy, 
because of the nature of the fact you're working with two people. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, very often sometimes it really is more appropriate, or not just not more appropriate, but it's a really good idea for one partner to also have individual therapy in addition to couples therapy. I mean, obviously, this is a question of money as well, isn't yeah, it? It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but of course, a lot of um, couples do that. And indeed, in a, a lot of the couples I work with, there's one or both partners who are already in their individual therapy, which is wonderful for me as a couples therapist, because I know they can go off and explore in a little bit more detail with their own therapist, um, you know, what we have just discussed in couples therapy. Because it's a fine line, it's, it's always this balancing act, you're absolutely right in terms of you might want to uh, focus more on one partner in one session because there is something here that needs to be addressed um, that's going to get in the way for the couple. Um, so you need to focus on that. But, but you also need to make room for the other partner and bear that in mind. So that's always, a, that's always something that we have to weigh up in yeah. the sessions. Yeah, and generally speaking, <clears throat> I think something that's um, sorry that's something that's oh, <clears throat> interesting. Uh, also, watching Dr. Guralnik in action, it's so interesting to see uh, which paths she follows in the session. Mm. Because in any at any given point, uh, a couple brings something to you, and you think, "Oh, I could be following down this line, that line, or this line," because everything that's all there are lots of different mm. sort of questions that get generated here that need to be followed up and you have to make a choice and sometimes you think oh actually looking back I wish I'd also followed a little bit more down that line mm. uh, that doesn't mean to say that you can't pick it up at a later stage but it's interesting so it's for me as a couples therapist is th couples therapist is very interesting to watch Dr. Guralnik in action and see what she chooses to follow up yeah uh, you know uh, the, in terms of the material that one partner brings. Yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating to see that, you know, mm. how somebody else is working and mm. what we can learn from that. Yeah. And I think, you know, just in terms of wrapping today up as well, it's that sort of, you know, a good place to start might be with, you know, understanding how we react to conflict. And, mm. and that's why we put together our conflict style quiz as well on our website, therelationshipmaze.com. Mm. So helping to understand, you know, what our reaction is in challenging situations and learning what to do about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like more information about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. Uh, and please tune in, subscribe to our podcast, and we'd love it if you wrote us a review. And also get in touch if you'd like us to cover a specific topic on one of these podcast talks. Um, so speak to you next week. Take good care. Until then. Bye. Bye.